Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Lethal Podcast. We are on the home stretch, and we are releasing our last three episodes of our Africa series this week. And we're starting off with a friend that we made at Dallas Safari Club, uh, Carson Ross. Uh, Carson is a young man with a beautiful, syrupy southern voice that has a lot of wisdom to impart on people, and it's that's very obvious uh, during our interview with them. Uh, he's a Grizzly Stick customer. Uh, he's been using their stuff uh, for a while. He was uh, 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 getting set up for another hunt while he was at the convention. He came by the booth to share some of his success stories uh, and, and get some uh, more gear to get stocked up uh, uh, for his coming hunts, and we convinced him to put on the headphones and talk to us, and we were very, very glad that we did. So I think you guys are going to enjoy this one a lot. Um, as always, if you like the content, please drop us a quick review on iTunes and help us out. Uh, and follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram. I put my notes MySpace. I'm going to leave that in there. I meant YouTube, but uh, maybe we'll fire, fire up a MySpace now. So uh, without further ado, here's our episode with Carson. Enjoy. There we go. So uh, Carson's friends with uh, Rob and... Uh, uh, he's actually he listened to Rob's episode, so he he knows oh, he gotcha. knows yeah. he knows who we are a little bit. But uh, uh, so you got you've got kind of a cool story with uh, well, I'm I, I mean I think it's a cool story. Um, you've been using Grizzly Stick products for a couple years now, uh, and it looks like you've been laying waste out there in Texas and uh, and over in Africa. Um, that you, uh, but but you shared a story that, that I thought I thought was interesting and is kind of a testament to something that I, I would like to touch on uh, with your first uh, that when you first started tuning with your longbow. So you shoot a, uh, a traditional bow and a compound. Shoot both. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Good man. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, so I I'm starting to dabble in it. Rob is as well, and Garrett also picked up an ILF setup. So we're all we're all kind of in that same boat of like tradi- like compound just wasn't quite enough so now we're picking up something sure, that's a, sure. a, a, a little bit harder it's <laughs> so much harder <laughs> uh um but yeah but you you started off with that longbow and you were you were having some issues kind of right off the bat right yep right off the bat we had a, a hunt book to uh, botswana and it was strictly a bow hunt mm-hmm. and uh, it was going to be a setup to where it's going to be pretty close we were going to do some spotting stalking with the bushman trackers mm-hmm. and they've been shooting longbows since the beginning of time that's exactly. their weapon yeah so i'm like how cool is this to do a longbow with the bushman yeah i mean this is something that they've been doing thousands of years and here you are right up in there with them doing yeah. it so i decided you know what i'm gonna get it that's what made me get the longbow yeah so i got the longbow and i, I knew i needed to shoot uh, a, a good arrow that that was structurally sound and it got good penetration something that was sharp uh in, in that instance no mechanical yeah. Uh, so anyway, I went, came to these guys, and everybody said, "Grizzly stick, good arrow, super good broadhead, but way too heavy." Mm. I was like, "Okay, well, we'll see." So I, I talked to Garrett, talked to Rob, and they said, uh, "What's your setup? What's your pound? Your draw?" And I, that was before I started tinkering with them a lot, building yep. my own, my own veins, own fletchings, and gluing in the insert outsert. So they set me up six sixty three, twenty three percent FOC, five inch feathers. 30 inches, shoot them, won't have a problem. They're, they're going to fly great. And they did. They flew wonderful. And they killed uh, they killed everything I shot at. Uh, the, the average distance was about 18 yards. Nice. So that for a longbow, 
it was made for it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you would have got him with a compound, too, yeah. but it, it was made for that long bow. So it was a neat experience, great hunt, and that pretty much got me hooked because you started killing stuff yeah, with uh-huh. a longbow. Yeah. And once you start killing stuff with a trad bow, it's, it's pretty addicting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that the very first time when you started messing around with these kind of setups, I, I think you said you went one that was like 31% front of center, but you were having some tuning issues with it, right? Absolutely. I, so then I ended up buying two more longbows. Uh, one of them was a recurve, uh, so three. And uh, But I had a 65-pound longbow shooting a lot of weight, 823 grains, 31% FOC, feathers in the back. And, uh, and cut it down to right where my actual draw length was and uh, and still was, was having penetration problems, believe it or not. And it was simply because it was not tuned. Yeah. And, and I'd say seven out of ten people who, who go with a heavy front of center setup, they they have a hard time with, uh, with tuning issues. And that's just a whole, that's a science in itself. Yeah, it, 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 it's, tuning definitely, most definitely is a science. But I think, and kind of what you're touching on is, I think a lot of those guys, they have that issue because they they think, oh, like, high front of center is, is what I need to do. And then they go out and they buy a 200-grain broadhead, a 100-grain brass insert, and they just slap it on whatever they've got right now. And they weren't, the spine that they had for that era wasn't ready for that kind of yep. weight up front. That's exactly, yeah. what, exactly what I did. Yep, yep. And that's, and, and that just, that's a, such a testament. I mean, eight, like, if you said, if, if, if you, spec wise, if spe- like 830 paper, grains, like, oh, 31%, you're going to blow through everything. But that's right? why, aero, like, Aeroflight is number two. Like, it's the mo- second most important thing is beside it breaking, you know? Yeah, so exactly. That's a huge testament to that. So, you went to Botswana. You killed, how much How much stuff did you kill over there? I think five or six animals. Yeah. And then, uh, and then after that hunt, uh, obviously, I was still shooting the longbow a little bit. And then uh, got going back on the compound. I had an old Matthews for that I hadn't shot in a long time. They switch back or something like it, that. It was it was uh, uh, adrenaline. Okay, yeah, adrenaline. yeah. And uh, and I said, well, I'm gonna go all in. I'm gonna get a carbon bow. I'm gonna get uh, uh, you know the the fastest thing. I got a, ended up getting a Hoyt RX1 340 IBO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it it was gonna sling a heavy arrow hard and fast. Oh yeah, and uh, and, it, <laughs> and and it did. And the funny thing I was telling Matt earlier, uh, it was the quietest bow in the bow shop when I would take it to the local bow shop. They're like, "Man, that's a carbon bow, not supposed to be that way." And I was like, "Yeah, well, here's a little secret. You know, it's <laughs> six six hundred thirty six grains will will quiet it down big time." Yeah, yeah. But you uh you showed a video uh yesterday of a whitetail that you shot with a it was a silver flame was it 125 no it was it was the overkill the red okay. line oh that was the overkill yeah. i didn't yep. even know that that's that awesome was, it was the the overkill xl xl correct? 125 xl yeah XL. okay and I, and I was shooting them at whitetail because the thinner skinned animal i'm yeah. like hey i'm gonna shoot a little wider broadhead yeah a little, little more blood and it was in in, in mexico or yeah with pretty much south texas brush yeah and uh you've got to have a blood trail yeah, because you have a hard time finding them, and that's why I did it. But I ended up hitting him a little bit far forward and right on that major knuckle joint mm-hmm. where that where the humerus, humerus meets the, uh, the the scapula, and it just tore it up. Yeah, yep. you it crushed, crushed it. it. <laughs> yeah, it crushed it. Yeah, and that, I mean that's a heck of a statement because that's a it's a double bevel. It's not even yep. a single bevel. Sure. And uh, I I think I mean like I know there's a lot of these doubters for this AUS four, but I mean. 
crushing that, crushing between, bones like that and it not having any issues. Like, yeah, come on. I mean, between the the shots that we took, all using the overkills yeah. on those three hundred pound pigs this, this last summer, all major bone hits, femurs, spinal process, you know, hip bones, yeah. and then the number of customers I've had with essentially your setup that. 500 to 550 grain XL overkill that have just been breaking down whitetail. Yeah. And that's Grizzly Stick shared your, your video earlier today or last night. Yep. And I ended up resharing it on my business page. And it was just like, this, if you want whitetail medicine, yeah. Like, this is it. Yeah. You get in that, you know, somewhere north you know 500 plus you put a you know decently wide solid broad head on the front of it and it, it works yep it works like, and there and there's other broad heads that would have uh, broke that joint mm-hmm. but that that actual broad head it broke through the joint uh, and i got another picture i'll send you it, it has the uh, cut right through the heart like somebody stuck a knife through the heart and it stopped on the offside shoulder yep and it didn't go through the other shoulder but it stopped on that off, which it was enough to kill him. But I showed, we got back to camp, and the other guys were looking at other bow hunters and said, you know what, if you shot that with any other broadhead, yeah, you might have broke him down, you might have broke his leg, but you may not have cut his heart in half. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so Well, and was, I mean, again, that's a testament to it still being adequately sound. sharp. Yeah, yeah, after, sharp, yeah. After breaking down that front shoulder, yeah. it was still plenty sharp to give a clean cut through what what matters yep right i mean that's huge yeah a lot of stuff can break stuff down yeah not a lot of stuff is still functionally sharp right and doing the damage you need lacerating and and creating that that clean blood loss right afterwards well man speaking of blood loss you you showed me that picture of that uh, wildebeest that you shot with the it was a messiah right it was messiah yeah and uh man like the red carpet was rolled out, to say the least. Uh, it was uh, it was quite the bloodbath. Uh, but is that what you used when you were over in Botswana that, for that most was, of that? Yep, most that, of it. That was all I shot in that uh, in that hunt for that using the longbow. For, that's, that's yeah, that's what I used. Right. And like at the local bow shop, I'll, I'll show that picture to a few guys that that shoot a lot of rage, shoot a lot of mechanicals, uh, three blade, four blade. And I say, they say, well, does a, does a two-blade really cut that well? I was like, check this out. Yep. And, you know, I, at first I didn't believe it. I yeah. didn't believe if somebody said, is a, is a two-inch wide mechanical or a four-blade going to have more arteries cut, more veins cut? Yeah, I, that's what I thought. But uh, that single bevel two blade was just blood everywhere. Yeah, well, man, it's hard to argue. Once with. you get inside there and it starts turning, got yeah. that like I, I, the best way I can describe it is almost like a vacuum effect. It just like pulls well, things you start in, pulling yeah. stuff in. Yeah, you start getting those ancillary cuts around the main path. Yeah, and it, I mean, you have to put it through the right areas. Yeah, it has, right? to, it has to go where. So it, I mean, yeah. you, you got to be cutting stuff that has large quantities of blood moving through right. it yeah but if it's going through those areas and it's sharp that it's gonna work yep you know yep. razor sharp that has a lot to do with it oh yeah, yeah. 
yeah. razor sharp. And in, in a lot of broadheads, over the counter broadheads you buy, they're they're pretty sharp. They'll cut your hair. You can shave with them. Yeah. But how long are they sharp? Yep. Yes. And I think that's what what these guys at Grizzly Stick got with their broadheads is they're sharp through to the other side. Mm-hmm. And Todd and I were talking about that this morning. If you went on a buffalo hunt, and and they're Cape buffalo, Asiatic, any other big big buffalo. And they've been rolling in mud yeah. or even in elk. Well, that's oh, yeah. the same as what guys deal with with pigs. Yep. Yeah. Trying elk to get through pigs. that caked on layer. Go ahead and get through it. Once you get through it, is that broadhead still sharp? Yeah. Uh-huh. Because yep. you, you got to kill them with blood loss. Yeah. Troy talks about that, too. A lot. Pigs, yeah. A lot. Yeah. 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 And with elk, too, them mm, and their elk wallows will, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, elk will wallow, and then they've, they've got thick hair in their neck. Yeah. So if you're taking a frontal shot on an elk, it your broadhead better be sharp on the way through. Yeah. But yeah. Well, and one thing that I like pointing out when we talk about edge retention is so many guys don't think about it, but like the quintessential perfect shot quartering away, that's the longest path to get to the important stuff that you can have. Yep. That broadhead is cutting and going through the most amount of material possible before it gets to the vitals. Yep. Yep. You bet. It needs to stay sharp that entire time. Yep. Like a lot of people don't consider that. If you hit one, if you any any animal back in that last rib, if you're trying to angle it to that offside shoulder, you may may have to go through eight ten inches of matted grass in their gut. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. And, that, and there, that's going to soak That'll up, tear up here. <laughs> dull up that head. Yeah. Dull it up, and it will soak up a lot of energy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that too, especially. Yeah. So what's uh so what's next? Do you have any hunts planned or coming up? You know, always always got to have something. <laughs> some iron in the fire. The most recent hunt was uh, in May. We went to New Zealand. I shot a, a red stag with, oh, nice. so, yeah. with, the, with a compound bow, and that was a great bow hunt. Good, good because they're big animals. They're they're stalkable. Yeah. That ended up great. And I ended. Up, I was using up six hundred thirty six grain on that one too. My side. And uh, that that arrow broadhead combination worked out good. Crushed him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see what's coming up. Maybe maybe something in the uh, Colorado in okay. the future. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, always got a little javelinas and hogs to hunt yeah. back yeah. home. Yeah. Some whitetail. You're down in South Texas. Down right? South Texas. Yeah. There's always always something to hunt, something to shoot at. But, uh, yeah, we're going to try to get to uh, Zimbabwe in August. Ooh. Oh, wow. All yeah, right. That, that, so that's right around the corner. That's coming up. Uh, Zimbabwe bow laws are a little interesting with the permit system and getting a game scout for the duration of the hunt while you do it. Is that kind of the one where you can, like, you pay the government to, like, leave you alone kind of thing? Not, not necessarily. <laughs> not necessarily. Uh no, but uh, that would be that's a really interesting hunt. We're going later in the season, so the vegetation's going to be down, mm, okay, which makes stalking pretty difficult. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, if you do get something on your on your stalk, it makes it pretty special. Are you doing plain, plains <coughs> game stuff out It'd there? It'd be plains game and uh, Cape buffalo. Ooh. Oh, you're gonna do Cape? All, yep. right. And, All right. And I've been going back and forth with with uh, Rob and Garrett here talking about man, what would be the best setup for. You know, a wild buffalo that's been hunted by lions his whole life. They're wary. They're not, you know, they're not like a regular cow. They're yeah. going to be on their game. And uh, that shot may be 40 yards. It may be 22 yards. maybe 52 yards. And uh, what would be a good broadhead that uh, maintained its energy at 40 yards yeah. but 
nothing too light but nothing super super heavy because of the distance but uh you know we'll see we'll see how that goes we got a few months before that comes up and uh you know maybe they'll change some regulations some yeah. permits around because yeah. that that permit price is a little steep for <laughs> for uh uh, for what you know, what it is, you could go to Zambia, you can go to Mozambique, South Africa, and do yeah. a do a bow hunt. You know, no issue, no problem. Yeah. What draws you to want to go there? Uh, Zimbabwe, we've been before. Mm. Uh, just a neat, neat country. The, the the area, the the country we're going to is the Savi Valley, and it's riverine, it's floodplain, it's mm. you know regular scrub brush with Pawnee scrub, uh, but it has the lion, elephant. Uh, buffalo may have a few rhino, but leopard, and uh, and, and that's just that makes Africa Africa. Yeah, that right. sounds like the most African part of Africa you, know, you, you could describe. <laughs> having having lions roar at night, and having you know walking down a path and, and you stop and there's an elephant twenty feet from you, yeah, and you can't see him because they're so big. Yeah, you're not you're not used to picking out that big yeah. silhouette. Oh, that's not a wall yeah. in the middle of the, the middle of the. Yeah, I tell people you know, back home, said, "Man, why would you want to go somewhere where something can kill you or eat you back?" I'm like, man, that's what makes it. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's having, it. having the element of danger is what draws you to it. Oh yeah, no doubt. That's awesome. Well, uh, appreciate you tossing on the headphones no with problem. us and uh, chatting about it. Uh, sounds like you've got a heck of a year coming up. So uh, hope so. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, I tell you what, when you when you get back from safari, uh, you. Give us a call. We'll we'll do a whole episode talking about that and, uh, and your experience. I think that'd be a good right. time. No, that'd oh, yeah. be great. Stories cool, are always fun. Oh, we love hunting it's stories. Always good. <laughs> we can sit and talk hunting stories all day. So we're good. Cool. Good. Well, I appreciate you coming out. Okay, hanging out with us. Thanks, and, guys. Uh, we'll anytime. We'll see. Uh, we'll be here tomorrow too. So if you want to stop by, we'll keep chatting. All right. Sounds good. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. Thank you.